Welcome listeners to episode number 22 of the Andrew Food for Thought podcast. Today I am joined by my guest Will Lonzo and we are at Yifeng Taiwan Fruit Tea in the Inner Sunset. And this is a premium tea shop that opened just about a month ago. And Will is a uh, part owner slash manager and you know oversees the day-to-day operations of the shop here. And so he's, uh, you know, been very generous with his time today to uh, give me a tour of the place and allow me to try out one of the brown sugar teas and, and tell me a little bit about, um, you know, his experience op- opening this place up and what it's been like for a month. So I'm really excited to have him on the podcast in a very different uh, kind of setting from how I normally record. So yeah, just to get started off, uh, Will, just want to get your perspective on what uh, Yifeng is like. Uh, you know, if somebody comes in here and wants to order a tea, you know, what are their options like? What's popular on the menu? Um, yeah, if you could just give a quick overview of uh, what the shop is like here. Well, thank you, Andrew. So we're located on 645 Irving Street. Irving Street is a quite, it's kind of a busy, small neighborhood community where there's different shops around, some people selling tea, other people selling different foods. And so, you know, somebody coming in, they would notice that our shop design is very similar to the tea shops that Taiwan has, which has um, these wooden awnings and they have this big wooden banner in the front that says Yifang in Taiwan. And then we have a wooden menu on the side that features in traditional Chinese characters, all of our signature drinks. And then on the side wall, you also find our signature logo, which is a pineapple. And that, that pineapple comes from uh, the founder's grandmother who started Yifang. Well, Yifang was named after her. And it was named after her because, you know, back in the day in Taiwan, Taiwan's a very humid place. And so, you know, they grow pineapple there. And the pineapple is actually, it needs a very humid environment. And so... As they're growing the pineapple, they, you know, it's grown and then they're cooking it. She puts it in um, this marinated cane sugar and it kind of like over ripens. And from there, she mixes it with cane, uh, sugar cane juice and other teas. And so, you know, that became kind of the very first Yifang fruit tea with different fruits in it. And so that's kind of what really kicked it off. And the store really the the store started in Taiwan as a uh, small night market shop, and from there it it really exploded into um, a lot of people really like it, and it's you know it has a we have a lot of delicious drinks on our menu, and so coming in you'll immediately feel that vibe of you know you're kind of transported into another culture. And the, the culture that we want you to be in is, you know, the Taiwan tea shop. And it's a very premium tea shop. You'll notice um, on our menu, we sell, you know, our fruit, signature fruit tea. That's one of our best sellers. We also sell brown sugar, the one that I had Andrew try, which is a brown sugar pearl latte. That one's really good. And we also have a lot of different options, such as taro, red bean, mango. And I'm sure Andrew, you know, will ask me about those details later. So here in San Francisco, you know, you have a lot of options when it comes to bubble tea, when it comes to just, you know, iced tea, trying out, you know, a lot of different teas. There's tea shops, there's there's these specialty shops. So, 
you've opened, you've been open for about a month. Uh, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, all kinds of, you know, laws and regulations that the state has in terms of businesses and how they have to operate and wearing the masks and everything. But all things considered, I mean, you guys have, have started out and you have, you have customers coming in the door, you have, you know, regular customers that are coming in. So, you know, what differentiates you from some of these other tea shops? Like, you know, what gives you that confidence to know that even in these difficult times, like uh, you're operating and and you're uh, going to, you know, start growing your business? Well, I think, um, you know, during the pandemic, it's definitely hard on everyone. Um, and, you know, we're, we're definitely seeing that as well. But the tea that we offer is we use the most premium ingredients. All of our teas all are imported from Taiwan. Um, our, same with our boba, same with the brown sugar. Um, the matcha we use is not any matcha that you can get from Costco. We, use, we import matcha directly from Kyoto, Japan. Same with our uh, cocoa, we import that from France. So every single ingredient that goes into making our drink is, you know, the most premium and the best that you can find around the world. And so our customers, they demand that, they understand that, and, you know, part of our price reflects that. But at the same time, I think the trend nowadays definitely is People, people are more health conscious. They know, you know, that they want to drink something healthy, something refreshing. We offer the most premium ingredients in, you know, the best combination. And so our drinks taste really good. And I think we have a lot of repeat customers, people who live around the area. They come every single day. And if one person likes one thing, you know, we see them ordering the same thing order over like every single day. They'll come in, order the same thing. They become very regular customers. And then one day they'll come and ask me, hey, you know, what what should I try next? What, what What's a good, another good drink? And then I'll offer the I'll, I'll show them something else on the menu. They'll order that and they're like, hey, that's delicious. Let me get like two or three of that because I want to show offer that to, you know, my brother, my sister, things like that. And I think one of the hallmarks of a good restaurant is actually how your employee thinks about your product because the employees know exactly how your food is made because most of the time they're the ones making it and so one thing that i'm really proud of is our employees drink our tea every single day and they can't get enough of it and more than anything they're actually willing to spend their hard-earned money on the tea because you know, they truly believe in this product and they know that it's good. So to me, I think that is, you know, the hallmark of that I've done something, something, you know, brought a product here that the neighborhood welcomes and the community wants. And I think more than anything, it's a benefit to people that try it and, you know, that really like it. So let's talk a little bit about the neighborhood that we're in right now. So we're in the inner sunset on Irving Street. You mentioned earlier it's a uh, you know busy, busier area with different restaurants and shops and uh, place more of a commercial area where people can come. So so you do have uh, you know foot traffic. You have people walking through uh, the neighborhood that that can see the shop here. If you want to just give some background, like how you ended up here in the sunset, and you know what the neighborhood is like, and and you know what it's been like for you uh 
you know, really becoming a part of the neighborhood since you're basically, you know, you've been working seven days a week and, and you're here at the shop all the time. So, um, you know, you're really getting to become a part of this neighborhood now. Yeah. So the neighborhood is Inner Sunset. And what's unique about Inner Sunset is that it's located, you know, about two blocks away from Golden Gate Park. So a lot of people get their first exposure from Inner Sunset through Golden Gate Park. Like in the summer, they would come, they would adventure in the park, play with their dog or go to the museum. And then when, you know, when noon or afternoon hits, they're like, oh, I'm hungry. Where do I want to go? The first place most people go is actually the Inner Sunset. So I think that's great for the neighborhood. A lot of people, you know, travel here and come and experience kind of the San Francisco culture. Um, and then for as for as far as me personally, I used to live right next to the Inner Sunset on a neighborhood called the Twin Peaks. And so that's a probably five minute drive away from the Inner Sunset. And what's really, you know, I used to come here all the time to eat as a consumer. And I've tried a lot of different restaurants around here. So we have Mexican, Chinese, Mediterranean, Japanese, a bunch of different, you know, little tea shops here and there. So it's a very nice community. And I really liked it as a consumer. And from there, you know, I just kind of really grew up with the the community. So let's dig in a little bit more into what's on the menu. Um, you have a wide variety of, of drink options. You have a lot of teas, a few coffees. You have bubble tea. You have kind of uh, different categories for like brown sugar and fruit teas and mango and red bean. So, you know, if you want to just give an overview of what's popular on the menu, what some of your personal favorites are, and, and also, uh, you know, just speak a little bit more about the product itself. I know maybe some of the listeners haven't tried uh, bubble tea before. So if you want to just talk about, uh, you know, what bubble tea is and how it's different from other teas. Right. So bubble tea originally originated in Taiwan. It's a combination of black tea and milk. And the way they used back in the old days when they did it in Taiwan, they used um, different milk concentrates. And so that gave it actually, and a lot of people, you know, drank that over time, gave it that signature um, bubble tea taste. And we have customers that come here and they're like, oh, you're, why doesn't your bubble tea taste like other, other bubble tea stores? Well, that's because um, the, what we use is we don't use any milk concentrates. We use, you know, organic whole milk. And our teas are imported from Taiwan. They're brewed probably a few minutes before the customers come in. And we mix our tea and whole milk with cane sugar and we add pearls to it to create our signature you know pearl black tea latte and that's kind of the same philosophy that goes into making all of our teas we have four base teas that we use we have the sun moon lake black tea the puchan green tea Songbongling mountain tea and the lugu oolong tea and so these four create the foundation of all the drinks, or I would say most of the drinks that, you know, include tea is based off a variant of one of these. And so we offer many different signature products and they're all kind of different in category. So, you know, our most popular is the brown sugar. And so we do brown sugar with black tea or oolong tea, or you can have a milk only. And we call that the pearl latte. And customers can also have it with matcha or cocoa. 
We also have fruit tea. So the Yifang fruit tea is our signature tea, which bears the um, the founder's grandmother's name, who is Yifang, and you know that originated from her using overripe pineapples in the summer Taiwan heat as a source for refreshing drinks because. Back, Taiwan used to be a, well, Taiwan kind of still is a, at least central part of Taiwan is a big farm um, area. And they grow, they grow a lot of pineapples and they grow a lot of tea. So it was a natural combination of using the overripe pineapples to um, induce flavor, kind of that sugary taste into the tea. And so the founder's grandmother did that and when he tried it, he knew it was something special. And so from there, he launched, you know, Yifang Fruit Tea, bearing the his grandmother's name. And it became a, I would say, you know, international sensation because it's tea that originated from, you know, the best, the best place for tea. And so... That's our Yifang fruit tea, and from there we have a variety of different different fruits that we can um, add to it. So we one of our most popular is the passion fruit green tea, and we also have pineapple green tea. Another popular one is green plum green tea, and then we can also do tea lattes. So latte means milk, and we mix our tea with um, our clover organic whole milk. And customers who don't want dairy in their drink, they can also, you know, opt for, we have soy milk, we have almond milk, and we have oat milk. We also have uh, taro, and our taro, once again, it's, it's kind of the same recurring theme, is that, you know, we import our taro from central Taiwan, from a place called Dalian, and it's fresh taro, real taro pieces, like it's taro taro, not taro powder, not taro syrup. It's real taro pieces. And so customers who drink it, they absolutely cannot get enough of it. Let's see, we also have sugarcane. So sugarcane is a very popular drink in, especially in, I would say, South, Southern, Southeast Asian countries. Um, where they have a lot of the sugarcane stock. And so it produces a kind of a sugary water juice um, that tastes really, really refreshing in the summertime. And so a lot of our customers, they, they can't get enough of that. It's also, it's also a very unique offering. And sugarcane is actually very expensive too. So um, not many stores... I, I haven't found another tea shop kind of around the area that carries sugarcane. Another popular one is the mango. So everyone likes mango. I think that's kind of a, that's kind of just a running theme around like pretty much any tea shop. Um, but the way we do it is very different. So we have a mango pomelo sago. And sago is kind of like, you know, mini boba. So it's very, it's it's super small and you can, it just kind of like, like little bubbly pieces in your mouth. Um, and it mixes very well with the mango. And what's different between like the mango pomelo sago and another drink that we have, the mango sago, is uh, the mango sago is more of a straight mango smoothie. But the pomelo has coconut milk. And I think that's really, you know, to me at least, that's kind of the secret ingredient to making a good mango smoothie is adding that coconut milk just really gives it the summertime like refreshness 
Um, and pomelo is like a citrusy fruit and it's, it's like awesome. It tastes so good. Um, and let's see, another big category is red bean. So red bean is really popular. Or I would say our most popular red bean is the purple rice red bean coconut latte. That one tastes like a traditional Taiwanese Vietnamese dessert. It has red bean, it has purple rice, and it has coconut. Um, and the combination just, it just tastes right. Like there's just something about it that makes it, kind of brings you back to, you know, summertime in the night market, you know, it's midnight and you just want something that gives you kind of a warm feeling and it just, it, it has, it brings you that. And then for all the coffee lovers out there, we recently launched two coffee drinks. So we have a coffee brown sugar, coffee mousse brown sugar pearl latte, which is our, um, I would say, you know, our most popular drink, the brown sugar, but we add a coffee mousse on top which is like a very fluffy coffee cream that gives it a hint of the coffee taste. Um, at the same time, it has the brown sugar with the creamy milk. So that one I really like. And for more, I would say, hardcore coffee drinkers, we have the coffee jelly black tea latte. And that one is, it's our black tea mixed with coffee and it has our signature coffee jelly. Um, which is pretty unique. Um, I haven't seen really seen other tea shops offer coffee jelly. And so that combination, it's, it's traditional coffee, I would say reinvented. Um, and it just, it tastes like the coffee and the tea. It's refreshing and it gives you that morning boost without being overbearing. Another question that I have is, uh, you know, why a tea shop? Uh, so, you know, you made a, a pretty big um, career pivot coming here and, you know, running this tea shop day to day. You and I both started our careers out in an accounting firm working together. Uh, from there, you went to work at a bank and you were uh, doing accounting for them. And then uh, your next move was to come here and work at this tea shop. And so, you know, making such a big career pivot, you had a lot of options. Uh, you could have gone into the restaurant industry. Um, you know, you could have gone into, you know, other career paths. And uh, you ended up uh, taking this path and, and opening up this uh, tea shop. So, you know, just curious, uh, you know, kind of what led you to that. And, um, you know, I know um, your, your background is Taiwanese and, um, you know, tea is a very important thing in the culture. So curious to hear if, if that, uh, you know, plays into your decision to, to open up a tea shop. I think that absolutely um, drove the decision to open a tea shop. I mean, so like I said, you know, my, my family is from Taiwan. We drank a lot of, I drank a lot of tea growing up. My uncle, my uncle drank a lot of tea. And so I always knew that, you know, tea was something that it's a deep part of, you know, my family tradition. And it's definitely something I want to be able to offer to people here that, you know, grew up in a different culture. And for me to be able to share that culture, I think is, it's something I wanted to offer to the community. And so um, pivoting from, you're right, you know, I, I, I guess there, there's a lot of other things I could have done, but nothing that really, I would say, spoke to me as much as opening like a tea shop that I truly believed in. And so, you know, looking back, I've always been quite entrepreneurial from, you know, when I, when I was little. 
Um, I've done a few little projects, little small businesses here and there. Nothing that made you know any life changing money or anything big, but to me, I've I've always had that spirit, and I've I knew I always wanted to do something on my own, and so this is you know a this is kind of a manifestation of that spirit, and to be able to do it with something that I truly believed in and something that I enjoy and I like to drink every day, I think is pretty awesome. And, you know, it's, I couldn't ask for a better job, you know, just, I get to drink, you know, our tea every single day. Um, And that to me is, that's kind of, you know, doing something that you're passionate about. You know, when I look around this neighborhood, um, I see different restaurants and, and shops and stores. And, um, you know, Irving Street is, is uh, you know, kind of a busy strip uh, within the inner sunset. And if somebody comes here, they have a lot of different options on, on how to spend their money. And, and I think about the same thing in my neighborhood. Um, I know where I can go to the deli that's close by. I know where I can go, you know, to get a quick lunch, to get like a coffee in the morning. And I consider things like, um, you know, what the prices are, uh, how good the food is, how quick the service is. So, you know, certainly somebody coming in here is, is going to, you know, make, make those kind of decisions as well. But what, what they might not know is, uh, you know, how much work went into opening up uh, the shop. And that, you know, you opened up about a month ago and that was that was day one of, of customers being able to come in and, and purchase the tea. But when, when they come in and, and buy that tea, they don't know how much work went into even building the infrastructure uh, to have a shop here and to be able to make that tea available to them. Um, so, you know, I just want to uh, hear your thoughts on like, you know, what that journey was like, you know, putting in all of that time and, and energy and effort into, you know, just being able to have a day one and say, we're now open for business and, and we're now uh, selling tea. Um, you know, what, what was that process kind of like for you? Um, I would say that, you know, that process has been, it's had its good days, it's had its bad days as kind of with any grand adventure. And looking back now, you know, I would say, you know, just touching on a few of the specifics, as far as a, a restaurant goes, you know, anybody can kind of, you know, put together a, I guess, an oven, right? And like buy some chicken from Costco, you know, cook that chicken in the oven, put some seasoning on it and you can start selling it. And if you can make some money from it, that's, well, you're, you're in your own way, a commercial restaurant, right? Um, but the difference between that and doing something at scale is, you know, when you're selling it to a lot of people, right? There's a lot of different risks associated with that. And so a lot of govern, governing bodies, in, you know, they want to come in and make sure for the sake of consumers, right, and for the sake of the business people that what you are selling is, you know, safe for consumption. It's not going to harm people. You know, what you're selling, what, the building that you're operating in, right, it's safe for people to work in. It's a safe environment. Um, the building's not going to collapse on you, right? You won't have some, you won't suddenly have, you know, some spark that causes an electrical fire, right? And, you know, have something go horribly wrong. So to navigate all of that, right, there's a lot of different departments that want to look and sign off on your plan. And so I would say that is, that's probably the bulk of where, um, at least that's the bulk of where we spent our time is 
you know, getting the right government agencies to look at our plans and having them give their okay. And so I'll, I'll, I'll touch a few more specifics. So um, at least in the San Francisco Bay Area, we have a planning commission. And that planning commission, right, they decide whether they want your business in that neighborhood, whether the code allows it or not. So um, for us, at least, we had to go through a public hearing. And to prepare for that public hearing, there's a lot of different reports that you have to generate. And, you know, you have to do some community research, make sure that the community, you know, welcomes you. You know, they think this is a good idea. Make sure the market in your area is actually not oversaturated, right? They don't want a McDonald's or Starbucks on every other block. And so that process going through, you know, generating the reports and, you know, getting people to design your store, like the architect, things like that. And I would say that took probably about nine months for us. And then from there, uh, after, so after planning signs off and says, okay, you know, we think your store is you know, a good contribution to the neighborhood. Well, now you have the, now you have to build the store, right? So to build the store, you have to get building department approval. And what building looks at is they want to make sure that the, the building that you're in um, is safe, structurally sound. The, the structures that you plan on, you know, erecting, um, those are safe and structurally sound. And, you know, the plumbing that you're going to pipe through the restaurant is, you know, legit. The electrical wiring and all the panelings that you're going to do, um, they're up to code. So they review your plans, they look at it, and as you're, you know, building, right, they have periodic inspections as you go and build so they can assess, you know, the progress to make sure and periodically see, okay, you know, before you cover your frame, you know, we want to make sure that the steel beams that you're using is up to code, things like that. And so they're, they're involved every step of the way. And then after that, towards the end, right, then you have the health department come in. And that what the health department does is they want to make sure that the product you're serving to consumers, it's prepared in a safe way for the consumer. They're not there to make sure the product tastes good. Um, they're not there to make sure, oh, yeah, you, you know, what you're making is all natural and all good and it tastes legit. They don't. That's, that's for the consumer to decide. Um, what they care about is it's the way that it's prepared, um, the, it, the equipment that you use, you know, the steel tables that you use, every you know, piece of stainless steel equipment, every equipment that we use is NSF. Um, and what NSF is, is it's a, it's a standard that you know, says your equipment is the steel that goes into it, right, is safe for food preparation. Back to what I was saying, you know, health department looks at it, and then after they give the final okay, right, then you're allowed to open for business. And once you're open for business, there's periodic health inspections, right? They'll come in um, unannounced and they'll look at, you know, they'll look at your walls, they'll look at your, your storage, they'll look at your equipment, look at your floor to make sure, hey, it's still up to code, making sure, you know, your kitchen is still sanitary, you know, things are still good, things like that. And this is, this is something that, I, you know, every commercial restaurant is subject to. 
And I think this is something the consumer doesn't really realize is that behind the scene to serve something simple as like making a burrito or like, you know, brewing tea or making ramen, making pokey, like it's simple in concept, right? When you see them make it, but behind the scene, it's there's so much that goes on. And so I don't know, maybe next time you guys, you know, walk into your favorite restaurant, you can look around and appreciate, you know, the the things that, you know, are prepared in a safe way for them. And for those who live in San Francisco and, you know, here in the Bay Area, let's just, uh, you know, talk a bit about the logistics of, of the store, you know, what, what your hours are. Um, if they're able to order, uh, you know, pickup or delivery, where they can go online to find your business and, and find the menu and, and the information about the store. Yeah, so we're located on 645 Irving Street, and the cross street is Irving and in between 7th and 8th Street, uh, about two blocks away from Golden Gate Park. Um, I think the best way to find us online is on our Yelp page. And, you know, if you search Yifang, Taiwan Fruit Tea at Inner Sunset um, or 645 Irving Street, you'll find us there. Um, for customers that want to order, you can order online through our Clover site. Um, that would be for in-store pickup. You can also just walk up um, and order from the cashier. You know, we would love to develop a, a relationship with you, get to know you as, um, you know, our customer, get to know what your favorite drinks are, things like that. Um, and then, you know, if you prefer more hands-free you know, to have someone deliver the drink to you. We are on delivery platforms such as uh, Uber Eats, Grubhub, and DoorDash. And our hours are from 12 to 6 right now. Um, like Andrew said, you know, we've only been open for a month. So a lot of these things we're still, you know, testing and trying out. I guess in our business, um, it's very weather dependent, right? If, if it's raining outside, then not many people are willing to kind of I go through the rain and like, you know, eat out, things like that. So, and in the same vein, we're dependent on how much sun, right, we get, um, how much sunlight and when the sun sets. So right now we're kind of in the like middle of winter. And so um, the sun sets a lot earlier. So that's why we close a lot earlier because after the sunset, you know, at least in our neighborhood, people are home, they're eating, right? They're not really out and about anymore. And then... You know, I, as we approach summer, right, the sun sets later, more people are around the park and eating later, things like that. So we'll adjust our hours based on business demand as well. And I can foresee us, you know, opening till seven, eight o'clock later on during the summer. So, you know, if you're ever in the neighborhood, we would love to see you stop by and try one of our drinks. Well, thank you again, Will, so much for, uh, you know, coming on the podcast today for opening up your shop after hours and, you know, giving me an opportunity to get a tour of the shop and, and try the product and learn all about um, the process that you go through every day to to make the tea and to, to open operations and, and keep this place running. So, you know, we're wrapping up the podcast now. I uh, just want to see if there's anything else that you have to share regarding your shop, regarding uh, the, the menu and the products that you have or, or what people can expect when they come here? Yeah, I think, you know, people can expect a taste of Taiwan. And that is because all the ingredients and all the things we use are all natural, made in Taiwan. We import them 
it's not cheap. It costs us a lot, but at the same time, you know, we believe it's the best quality. And so we want to be a, you know, bring the best that we can to the neighborhood. And so if you are ever in the area, you know, drop by, ask for Will, um, tell them you were on Andrew's podcast and, you know, we'll serve you in the best way we can. And I, I can vouch for it personally. You know, I tried the, uh, the brown sugar bubble tea. Um, you know, it, it's sweet, it's tasty, uh, tastes fresh. I saw, you know, the ingredients that Will's using and they're all, you know, good premium fresh ingredients. So yeah, definitely would recommend anybody to come over here, check out the shop. You know, if you don't want to come by yourself, you know, reach out to me and then we can make a trip over here to the inner sunset and, and get some, uh, some bubble tea sometimes. So, um, yeah, you know, Will, I've known you for a really long time. Uh, we, we were roommates previously. We went to the same university. So I've always known that you've kind of had that entrepreneurial drive and, and wanted to, to lead something. And, uh, you know, it's really cool to see that you have this opportunity and that you're, um, you know, doing something that, that you really enjoy and feel passionate about. So yeah, it was great having you on the podcast today. Thank you for, for coming on and thank you listeners for tuning into another episode and we'll see you next time. Thank you.